Whatever day it is, and you know what that means. It's time for another Real True Facts. My name is Linda Hamilton. And I am Gene Rayburn. Not that Hi, one. Gene. Yeah, not that one. If you get creeped out by dolls and slow music boxes, then today this show is all for you because we are talking about cursed objects. Yeah, I was, uh, we were kind of talking about this episode, cursed obje- uh, objects, curses, um, and uh, it, it's a really interesting topic and it, it exists out there and has existed for so long. I think it, it's worth taking a look at. Uh, people have definitely had experiences, but what does it all mean? And... I don't know where to start with it. Uh, I'm very excited to get creepy again this week. Um, you know, I think people are definitely superstitious and I think they they place meaning in, in objects like, oh, this is a lucky, like these are my lucky socks. This is a lucky rabbit's foot. This is lucky or, oh, that's cursed. Or, you know, we always say dolls, you know, because they have creepy dead eyes that follow you everywhere. So it's like, okay, well, that gives me a bad feeling. This gives me a good feeling. So, uh it might be worth exploring these uh, these cursed objects here. Yeah, and it, it goes back through history. I mean, um, you know, the Spear of Destiny, uh, Hitler and uh, that the whole Nazi culture trying to collect a lot of these objects that maybe weren't cursed, but were supposed to be magical. So it sounds like maybe they're they're supposed to be good magical objects and bad magical objects. Um, and, and I think it comes down to intent, too. Like if you have something that holds a lot of power it's infused with these powers but you're an evil person then i mean the object doesn't know that so it's like maybe we have a responsibility in warning people about what would happen if you did come across something like this but uh you know you mentioned the nazis but i always think of ed and lorraine warren you know okay. what i'm talking about yeah you're thinking ghosts yeah i'm starting yeah. for some reason i was thinking that too before the show and then immediately without even um any research i'm thinking of like indiana jones and, and the art right. and so um you know maybe we'll have some different directions to discuss because I, i'm with you the dolls uh the doll yeah. and dolls are interesting and those artifacts they they're those own kind of they have their own museum where they kind of house these artifacts to keep them safe. Um, yeah. Um, if, if you don't know, Ed and Lorraine Warren were uh, demonologists. I believe Ed was a demonologist and Lorraine was a clairvoyant and they husband and wife team and they worked together to solve paranormal mysteries. Uh, most famous one was the Amityville horror that I think there's been up to 17 movies made under the Emmyville horror series. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a TV series or two. Yeah. And the conjuring. Yeah. It just goes on and on. But, uh, and Annabelle, which is the biggest thing. They've got that doll, uh, which when we said cursed objects, I immediately thought of Annabelle, uh, which is housed in that museum. Although I think the museum is closed. Um, I think Lorraine Warren died a few years ago. And so the uh, future of the museum kind of, hangs in the balance here. I think her son was running it, but uh, it's closed now, which kind of makes me worried that if they have this museum of cursed objects just all together, like what's going to happen to them if they're not in this place? Yeah. If there isn't someone who knows what they're doing, taking care of them, it, it, it is, uh, it, it uh, is worrisome. And so, yeah, the, the Annabelle doll, which I, th- I think a lot of the Chucky stuff from child's play was kind of loosely mm. based on or inspired by at least, I mean, mm-hmm. a cursed doll is a cursed doll. Um, yeah, so I'll be curious to, you know, when uh, we bring in uh, our, our special guest this week to, you know, probe into some of these different categories of um, cursed objects. Yeah, because I I think that there might be a difference between something that kind of just gives you the heebie-jeebies and something that might actually ruin your life. So Yeah, or ruin might, the lives it, of many. Yeah, like yeah. Ar- Ark of the Covenant, right? Yeah, which is hilarious. I just watched that movie last night. Um, I hadn't seen it in so long, and it's like... You know, they they thwarted it by not looking at it. It's like, well, did they really win against the Ark because they didn't look at it? It's like they still unleashed this curse. Right. So. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, as long as you don't look at it, it doesn't exist. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that. But um, 
yeah, that's a bit fortunate for two people in that in in that case. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's interesting that you watched that last night. Um, I did. So, yeah. Yeah. So that'll. Uh, I think that's an interesting angle too when it comes to some historical artifacts that have huge you know whenever someone was in the in its possession they died yeah you know if that's not a curse i don't know what is yeah that's that's cursed or cursed if you want to get i uh, latin is I that like latin? Sound fancy cursed yeah uh, cursed yeah so you know listeners if you hear if you hear you know some vacillation between cursed and cursed it's at least in my case i it's sometimes i like to sound fancy yeah we're fancy but I think this might be a good time. We actually do have Dr. Seymour here this week, right? Yes, he's. Uh, I've been told he's back after some some really rough experiments yeah. uh, and uh, you know some lab issues. I don't know. Maybe we should just bring him yeah. in and, and ask. I think him. so. I mean, I, I miss him when he's not here. So let's get him up from the science bunker here. We'll, we'll hack into the bunker. Hi, Dr. Seymour. Hello, it's great to be back. Oh, yes. Great to have you back. We, you know, we always worry when you can't make it, yeah. uh, considering the dangerous experiments that you're constantly working on. Yeah, we've had a, a lot of a lot of change um, in the lab recently. We um, we've at least temporarily shut down our bee experiment. Um, we got what we needed to out of that. We got the the honey, if you will, um, and just the transition, bringing the new crew in and the other crew out, and we're not really at liberty to at this day, go too deep into our, um, our ne next excursion here, but it's just been all hands on deck, a really crazy time at the lab. Oh, wow. Yeah. It sounds like almost a, wow. Yeah. Changing of the guard. Now here's a kind of, maybe this is a science question. Um, it, you know, so when you finish one big experiment, experiment, uh, like with the bees, is this a common practice where you have to kind of bring in all new people and do a cleanse so that you're not, you know, to maybe help the, the, the secret of nature of your work? Is that a, a, a common practice? Um, it, it's not necessarily something that all researchers do, but I, I do hold myself to, to a higher standard ah. than most. Um, working in, in the, the science bunker and trying to be the first, um, the first at each major breakthrough um, makes a lot of enemies. So you've got you've to make sure you know who you can trust and you've got to You've got to have the, the right people around you. And sometimes that's a matter of their areas of expertise. But I've learned the hard way. Sometimes it's a matter of just uh, um, trusting the wrong people or trusting the right people for too long. Yeah, I would say that your uh, fortune, your tarot card uh, reading that we did on a previous episode sounds like that's coming true. Yes, I did think of that. And as, as a, you were introducing things and talking about good and bad luck, it, it took me straight back to that. And I'm going to. Have a, have a look around the lab for any good luck charms and uh, kind of make sure nobody's sneaking out with anything that we need to get, get off to the right start for this next next round. Yeah. Wow. So what uh, let's I, I'm you just made me curious. Uh, so you mentioned luck. What uh, in the, in your scientific realm, what does luck mean? How does it what's luck's scientific connotation? Well, um. I was told by a professor early on a phrase that stuck with me um, that, that really meant a lot and kind of guided my, my early years of research, which was luck is for the unprepared. Uh, meaning, you know, you, you feel like you need luck when you're, you're not ready to do whatever's next. But then guess what? That, that professor um, is still just a professor and I am at the cutting edge of multiple um, areas of research constantly um, breaking ground on things. So I think that idea that luck doesn't exist is is more of a phrase that I would, uh, there's another phrase maybe we could use for him, those who can do and those who can't teach. So <laughs> I, oh, I, I would, yeah. uh, sick burn. I would yeah. say that you make your own luck, but to to pretend that luck is is not something that can turn the fortunes, for a person is um, ignoring thousands of years of reality. Mm. Sure. So maybe we can tap into some of your um, your uh, anthropological side. We do that every so often. Um, mm -hmm. And it comes mm -hmm. to human history. 
Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, a lot of instances and cases of, of objects just just causing havoc, whether it's whoever just happens to, to own it dies or whether it's a, a direct physical, you know, death or something like that. Have you in your career encountered any sort of, um, you know, totems or objects that um, you think that may really hold some kind of power? Um. I haven't had any um, objects myself um, that have been either a good luck or bad luck or maybe a powerful item beyond its use within the experimentation realm. But I have several colleagues who have had, who've seen their careers turn one way or another for as simple of a, a change as um, a, a pen that they wrote their doctoral research finally running out of ink and that was the first paper they when they used the new pen that was the first paper that was rejected and then now they are um off into the uh out of the field um others okay who um win a random maybe even gag gift or a, a a new tie from a a child that was so hideous they didn't dare wear it more than once. But the day that they wore it um, was the day of the breakthrough. And I'll tell you what, you saw you saw them in the in that hideous penguins playing golf pie every, every day for the next three years until they were um, until they were um, on the covers of magazines. So it, it definitely happens all around the scientific community. I'm not sure if there's a, a lucky totem that I'm unaware of, but I feel blessed that there's not an unlucky one that has been guided, guiding my fate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like totems. It sounds like good luck charms. Um, you know, whether the object is lucky or not, the person wearing it or holding onto it believes that it is. And maybe that's all we need. You know, maybe that's something. So we talk about faith a lot and how there really isn't a lot of crossover in the science community and the supernatural. Um, so we, we kind of we, we try our best to bridge that gap a little bit. But you know, we talked about good vibes. We've talked about good vibes and bad vibes and that there is a lot of merit there into believing that something has these powers. And really all you need to do is believe and whether, you you know, you, you believe it or not, you're right. Correct. And, um, without giving out too much, because as I said, I'm very hesitant as we're transitioning here, um, to, to, to tip the, tip the hat to give away too much, uh, excuse me, uh, about our next round of research here. But um, for quite a while, we've been looking at extra dimensions um, beyond, you know, you know, length, width, height, time, and um, really trying to dig deeper into the, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth dimension. And there's, there's just so much with what we talk about on this show that'd be... Um, that is really going to drive the research and the research will drive the understanding of maybe what isn't as supernatural as we believe. Um, Or maybe we'll still, uh, we'll still be in a place where, where we're trying to find the connection. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. We actually, it may have just been last week or the week before we dealt with a, a similar kind of, um, you know, manifestation of power where, it, it, you know, an object is or or something, a spirit is given yes. power because of humans believing it. So and uh, and now we add this other element of uh, dimensions that who knows, maybe these different dimensions really just play a part in that, you know, a, a normal object from, you know, the sixth or seventh dimension. What does that mean if it hops over into ours you know i've been told uh, by many people that you know magic or or magic for lack of a better word is just a science that we don't understand yet yes and as and that's what science is all about understanding the the yet to be understood and and maybe magic is next maybe curses are next maybe extraterrestrials ghosts are next or 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 maybe it's just um, a uh, a low-fat peanut butter that that tastes good. We'll see. Either way, that's a win for the science community and mankind. 
right? No. Yeah, I would love that because I'm seriously doubtful about uh, uh, any sort of butters that can, you know, be low fat. I'm highly skeptical. They usually that. taste terrible. So. Yeah. I mean, I hope you didn't tip your hat too much, uh, Dr. Seymour, but I'd really love it if, uh, you know, you put your efforts uh, and your kind of mad genius towards something Into like that. that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, one vote for uh, for peanut butter. <laughs> That's two votes for peanut butter here. And, and I guess magic as well. <laughs> yeah, that uh, it seems like the magic stuff always kind of works itself out, you know? Yeah. It does. It does. Well, I think we've got a really good baseline for today. Uh, Dr. Seymour, I think we'll stick around with us uh, for a little while. We'll, we'll check in with them a little later. But uh, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we will meet our special guest and talk all about cursed or cursed objects on Real True Facts. Today is Miles Smartman. He holds a master's degree in supernatural sciences from the School of Science in Nova Scotia. He's currently writing a book about the living nature of dead things. That should be about uh, 10 years until that's out. But let's uh, give him a nice warm real true facts. Welcome to the show. Miles, are you with us? Uh, I am here. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. Thanks for coming on, Miles. I've uh, heard a lot of great things. So um, I'm curious to explore all these different uh, different. Uh, artifacts and and what it may or may not mean yeah you know it's an interesting job but uh, somebody has to do it so i appreciate you having me on you know it's important people hear the uh, hear the true facts out there in the world there's a lot of misinformation oh that's that's definitely the truth and that's what we're we're here to do is separate that um so linda mentioned that uh you're working on a book, but what uh, in your in the past, like what got you interested in all this stuff? Did you have a personal experience? Did you just kind of fall backward into it or what uh, kind of got this whole oh, thing started? It's funny you say fall backward. I was actually at a pool one time and I was, I don't know, probably like six or seven years old. And a um, an older gentleman was sitting in a, a lawn chair uh, next to the pool and he, I don't know, lost his balance or something and fell backwards into the pool and, uh, you know, didn't make it, you know, the EMTs came and it just, he was gone dead upon arrival. And I don't just something about that sparked my interest in uh, the supernatural, uh, mainly because that pool was supposedly haunted, you know, it was a YMCA pool and, uh, supposedly haunted, uh, for many years to come after that. Um, yeah. uh, ironically, the guy was not even a member of the pool, but, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where it all began. Interesting. So the maybe the, the so it was a haunted uh, kind of haunted pool. You know, those Ys carry a lot of energy. Uh, and um, I don't know if it's energy or bacteria, but there was something going mm -hmm. on in that pool for sure. Yeah, I, I can only assume it's a lot of both, a lot of all of that, uh, with uh, just people coming and going. And so maybe it was the the why of it all, you know, that that sparked uh, your imagination. And what was. Now, what was your first step? What was your next step after that event? Like, what uh, what did you go out and do? I think like anybody, you know, you rent uh, the movie Poltergeist. Ah. Um, you see that that uh, old lady with the weird voice, and that yeah. kind of is like a calling to you. Um, and, you know, just uh, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating fascination uh, I, I have in anything that, uh, you know, comes back from the dead. And it's just been kind of a, a passion in life, and uh, I'm not good at anything else. So I, I guess I should stick with this. I think it's important that these things, because you were a child when this started, right? Yeah, so it's about I, seven. Yeah, I think it's important uh, when we're dealing with things like the supernatural that the fascination uh, comes very naturally to children. I think children are sort of an open conduit to the supernatural. Um, I always think, for example, my uh, nephew, when he was little, he was obsessed with the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm, good song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He would listen to it all the time and he would draw pictures of boats and he would just like get really serious about it. And, and you think, man, where is that coming from? Like, where, there's no reason that he would, you know, actively seek this out. I think he just felt compelled to... Um, become involved in that and uh children traditionally have a very short attention span so like right. being obsessed with such a very long song that says a lot 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think that naturally spurs a uh, fascination, like you said, with these things. And um, so it's very cool to me that you have dedicated your career and your education to something like this, because it's something that we may never know the answers for sure, but we're getting pretty close these days. Yeah, it's becoming a, a, a sort of exact science, you know, a lot of hypotheses and a lot of scientific methods being put into place. And, you know, you're just trying to, to prove something wrong or correct. You know, that's the basis of science. If you can prove something wrong, then it, it is scientifically valid. And that's kind of where we're at with this, uh, you know, this study of all of these things. So I, I'm curious. I kind of want to get down and in, uh, down into it immediately. Uh, we mentioned Annabelle, the Annabelle doll in uh, in our intro. Have you um, looked into or done any research on things like these haunted haunted dolls or, you know, uh, maybe the Warrens or that that kind of stuff? Yeah, I actually, um, I purchased one of them on eBay, believe it or not. It was up for auction and I just, you know, you you have a couple of drinks, it's two in the morning and, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's showing up at your door and I've had some weird stuff happen. I really have. So it's from a scientific perspective, it has proven that hypothesis and um, it's been an interesting experience and maybe a mistake, maybe a mistake to spend uh, $50,000 on a Tuesday night, but um, overall, I think it's been good for the, the study of all of this. And um, I, I, I don't really regret the purchase. Mm-hmm. What sort of things have been happening? You know, sometimes it's like four in the morning, you get up to let your dog out and, um, you know, the door closes and um, you, you look behind you and there's, there's nobody around. You know, it's four in the morning. It's it's, it's dark out. And then you look, and I have Annabelle in a glass case in a separate room. I would not sleep in the same bedroom uh, as that object. But, uh, you know, just the, the, the look on its face is slightly different. And you – I mean, it could be the the, the window I left open uh, that is plausible. But you, you look this thing in the eye and you go, I, I think you had something to do with this. Yeah, there's so something been, going on there. Yeah, there's – it's been a lot of little things like that. And, um, you know, the, the car alarm goes off and uh, I look out the window and a man is running away. But I'm like, I don't know. Was was it him? Probably not. It was probably the doll locked in the, the glass case in my house. Yeah. So it's just a lot of things where you're like, I don't think I'm stretching the truth. I don't think I'm reaching for conclusions here. It all seems pretty valid. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just happy to hear that it's small stuff right now, you know, because we uh, oftentimes we only hear about the awful, you know, the terrible things. That's what gets made into movies. You know, that's what makes headlines. So, I, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to happy to hear that uh, it's right now, at least it's just small stuff. Do you plan on keeping this object? I mean, what do you what do you plan on doing if things start to get past the, you know, past the small stuff? Uh, well, uh, so far, nothing too major has happened. Um, I've lost a few relationships over it. Um, my wife divorced me about five years ago, and mm. it was it was a tough choice. It's like, okay, do I? She gives me that ultimatum: is you know, do I get rid of this very expensive, very interesting scientific doll that is giving us a clue into what lies beyond the human existence, or do I let go of Cindy? And you know, I chose I chose Cindy. So it's, I don't know, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll come to my senses. But right now, this is more fascinating well, than, uh, you know, going to the same restaurant. Yeah, I would argue taco that you restaurant. did come to your senses. I mean, if we're being honest. I, I, I certainly, I mean, her lawyer says otherwise, but uh, it, it certainly feels correct to me. So it's it, it has been a bunch of little things and nothing huge, nothing uh, monstrous of an event that would cause for you know hollywood to to come knocking on my door because if you think about it if they were all massive events like this um there would be non-stop movies it would just be constant movie after movie after movie and it's you know you can't you can only tell the same story so many times it's really not you know it's just like retellings of the same thing um you know, I have to think that maybe because you have these little things happen and it's uh, I didn't know that you had Annabelle herself. Um, well, it's like it's like Annabelle's sister, Mabel. Oh, um, right. Yeah. So it's not it's not the original. I couldn't afford that. Uh, I've seen that go up on eBay and it, it comes down very quickly. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, you could be uh, chosen if these dolls have caused terrible things to happen in the past, like with Amityville, the, the most famous case, you know, a, a man was 
possessed and um, compelled to kill his family. And that was what the house had done and what those spirits had done. But if you have one of the cursed dolls and only minor things are happening that just sort of creep you out a little bit, you could very well have earned the respect of this entity that's in the doll. I mean, it's possible. Maybe I'm seeking it out, too. I've never really had much respect given back to me in my life. So maybe it's kind of a mutual thing. Um, you know, we're all just seeking the love that we we think we deserve. And uh, maybe that's part of it. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. So let's go back, maybe back even further, like start from, you know, really long time ago. I'm familiar with, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, some of the older kind of really well-known stuff like the Ark of the Covenant, um, the uh, Spear of Destiny. Uh, I think it has some other names. I can't remember at the moment. Something Lance and something, something. But have you like the Tesseract? uh, I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm guessing it's like that. Um, uh, have you done any research into these types of objects that have gone through history through hundreds and even thousands of years causing havoc or people trying to obtain them? Yeah, sure. You know, I have a master's degree in all this stuff. So oh. I've, I've done many thesis papers on these things and it seems like it's always just random. Ob- I mean, you see these kind of creepy doll objects like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. but it's always just a random object. It's like, you know, somebody's quill from 1700s and that just gets passed down from, you know, one thing to the next. I mean, that's Andrew Jackson, you know, he gets a lot of crap, but really he just had this really demonic quill and that made him incredibly racist. So there are things that are just simple, you know, equivalent to grains of sand that you wouldn't even notice that just go through history and uh, have influenced humanity and humankind without us even realizing it. It it is quite fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Because I think, you know, my brain again uh, goes to things like a big, you know, the, the arc, the, uh, the, you know, something that stabbed Jesus. And, uh, but it sounds like some of these lesser known objects or at least lesser known to me are what have caused even more problems like a, a quill or, um, you know, or similar. What uh, what do you think may start this whole thing? You know, it might kickstart. Like what would um, get a quill or turn a quill into something that could cause this much trouble? I think it has a lot to do with like the person that's holding on to it, you know, as they pass on to the next side. Like what was their state of mind? Were they angry, depressed, anxious? Um, all those things kind of get transferred into the object. You know, if you're if you're holding on to something as simple as, a, you know, old timey pen or a, a jacket or, you know, even a horse, you know, you're just you're, you're riding a horse and um, you're just you're having a bad day because, you know, you're 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 you know, your farm is going under, you're not making enough sugar crop, uh, not enough for the plantation, you're losing money. And then, you know, you kick the bucket and then that gets transferred into the horse. So it's sometimes a living object as well. So I think a lot of it is just kind of our mental state of mind. And that's only something we've recently been studying these years is mental health and all those, um, aspects of the brain that go into it. So it's, it's quite fascinating. So what you're saying is that, people aren't necessarily in charge of their own actions. There might be something um, more sinister influencing that, for instance, like a quill or uh, maybe a, a microphone or something that they would need to be able to communicate um, that that device or that object is causing them to have such vitriol and things like that. Sure. Yes. It needs to be some sort of communication device that tends to be the most common thing. Um, yeah, just any, any sort of access point, you know, it's, it's a microphone, it's a radio, it's, it's a pen to paper. It can be whatever you want, but it's, it's in the case of like a doll, it is, it is something more. It is, you know, it's a evil entity that is coming through somebody else or something that has passed on. So there, there are different levels to all of this. And it's, it's not, it's not as simple as apples and oranges as people like to make it out in, in Hollywood. They have to kind of simplify it for the, the mass public to comprehend these things, but we're trying to comprehend the incomprehensible. It's, it is, it is a strange, strange study of the science and we're only at the tip of the iceberg. Now, when we're looking at two people like Ed and Lorraine Warren, who have made their, their lives, they have passed, uh, unfortunately, but they made their lives uh, from studying these things. And in their possession, they seem to have a lot of dolls. And with this idea of communication, um, 
it makes me feel like a doll is a very good vessel for those things because when you're a kid, um, you you play with those things and you you talk to them and you talk through them. Um, is there any sort of merit there? Like why why do you think dolls? end up being the go-to thing well i think simply put they're just creepy as the dickens they are just creepy obviously they're equivalent to ventriloquist figures a very small percentage of sane people uh like them and hold on to them so there is something to that but as a kid you know you have a doll and that's that's the thing you grasp on that becomes your best invisible friend and a lot of those aspects go into it, too. So depending on what happened to the child who originally had the doll and what the doll experienced with that child uh, is gets carried on, you know, from generation to generation. Oh, so it kind of goes back to what we we discussed earlier with, um, you know, uh, human humans projecting onto objects and then, you know, the manifestation from there. So, you know, a doll is something that it really the to- as a toy or as any other function, it only works if you project onto it, if you give it attributes or, um, you know, give it something from yourself. It's the same, you know, it's the same as human to human connection, too. You know, we are constantly projecting our own thoughts and wants on other people. So it's no different from an inanimate dead object. Um, it's, it's the same part of the human brain that we're using, believe it or not. Which I believe is the topic of your book. It is. Yes. Yes, for sure. And that's what I've been working on for about 10 years now. Just trying to convey that message to um, everybody. If you want to say the title of the book, um, you can let them know. That would be great. It's it's going to be out on Amazon within the next decade. It's just been a lot of research and work that has gone into it. Yeah, I believe that title is um, uh, The Nature of Living Dead Things. Correct. Yeah, I would say it myself. But, and there, um, there is a, a question mark at the end of it. I know I, I said it like a question mark because there is a question mark at the No, at you the, said that ex- absolutely yeah. correctly. Okay, yes. Good, and good. just because we don't know, you know, it's, it's very important to leave those things open ended, A, for liability reasons. You know, we don't want too many lawsuits coming our way. And also just to let people know this is science is constantly an evolving uh, thing. We're constantly learning new things. And once we take in new information, we're able to adapt and adjust to it. So that's it's no different in this aspect of the science. Yeah. And one of the reasons why it has taken you this long to do it. Exactly. Yeah. That and, you know, I'm a very slow reader and writer. So mm. there's a lot of that part of it, too. Well, hmm. it happens. So why don't we take a, a quick break and uh, pick uh, back up with uh, Miles Smartman. And I'd like to bring Dr. Seymour back in for a little uh, bit of questioning, too. So we will be right back. We're back on Real True Facts after a short break. We're talking today all about cursed objects. Um, Before we bring our special guest back uh, for another round of uh, intense questioning, uh, I wanted to ask Dr. Seymour because uh, Miles Smartman did bring up the uh, idea of the brain and how the brain is connected and all this. And Dr. Seymour, I know you are a neurologist as well. Um, What can you say to the importance of the brain when it comes to either perpetuating curses or or putting that uh, energy out into the world. Is that something that is really important to us? Um, Yes. Um, The brain is um, probably one of the top five most important organs in the human body. Um, And in terms of memories, projecting, um, making connections, I would say, and I, and I think most scientists agree, it is the most important in terms of that. Um, but yes, there, there's so much internal um, being tied to memory, being tied to um, your fears, your unconscious, your, um, your childhood, mem- your childhood the, the things imprinted on you, there we go, as a child, before you even had your childhood memories, that you can really start to connect with these objects um, that really, that goes forward and, and maybe is not the cause, but allows us to see the, the luck, the lack of luck, the curse, if we will, in a certain object. 
And there's been a lot of talk about um, the communication objects. Obviously, um, what Doc, what excuse me, um, Mr. Smartman was saying is totally correct there. And but we just keep coming back to to dolls as well. And a big thing I want to um, to kind of point out there is a lot of a child's experiences before their their conscious memories are connected to some sort of stuffed animal, some sort of doll, some sort of object that they have lots and lots and lots of experiences with um, and have a very strong emotional connection with, but they have no specific memories of those initial connections. So whatever happened during that time, whether it was a family member, a friend being uh, an especially frightening game of peekaboo, um, that can be tied to that object for a very long time going forward. Wow, fascinating. Uh, let's go ahead and bring our guest back in, Miles Smartman. Uh, welcome him back to the show. Uh, Miles, this is uh, very interesting, uh, enlightening things for us. Uh, I'll just ask you, is it the brain or is it magic? Well, you know, I think you guys touched on this earlier. Magic is just, you know, anything that's indistinguishable from science uh, until it's, you know, proven. So I guess it's it's a little both. It's depending on how you want to observe it as a human being. You know, I know people that, uh, you know, think magic is real and they think there are goblins and trolls and things like that. And that's, you know, in my opinion, absurd. But um, it, it, I am looking at it from a scientific perspective. I am looking at it from the brain. How is the brain being affected by these haunted objects and what is our projection of these haunted objects what do we want from them and what do we think we're getting from them so it's a bunch of questions that we we don't really have the answers to just yet you sound like uh, a really kind of well-researched kind of guy and so it makes me curious out of, out of all your research and case studies um, is there a particular is there a particular case or two that stand out um, in all your research as you know one of the most wild or weird um, that you could uh, share with our listeners? Well, what's ironic is I yes I have a master's degree in this, um, so I've done a lot of research as I've said before, and um, I just didn't feel like sure. doing more research to get my doctorate because you feel like you get to a point and uh, what's the point? You can only learn so much. Exactly, uh, and we there's still so much we don't know. But ironically, the opening scene in the first Ghostbusters in that hotel with the Slimer type character, that was based on an actual event that happened in a New York hotel. A lot of people think that was just the clever mind of uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, but um, it wasn't. It was This was a factual thing. Obviously, there wasn't a green monster floating through and there wasn't you know men in jumpsuits that came with uh, magical guns that put him in a little box that smoked, but that was mm. an event that inspired the movie. So we have to look at events uh, from cinema and uh, a lot of them are traced to actual human experiences and things people have gone through. So that is just one that sticks out in my mind and uh, was fascinating to find out when I was uh, researching it in my bachelor's. Oh, so do you have any more information on what the the case was, what the reality was on that? Was it so it was an, an actual ghost or was there um, what was that the the real situation the hotel, there? Yeah. yeah, well, this was actually it wasn't a ghost so much as it was um it was a haunted um you know those those tr wheel tray things where the you know the 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 bus boys and they'll bring people uh, room service and bed. It's it was a haunted tray like that. Oh, a cart. A cart. Thank you. One of those yeah. haunted oh, carts, believe it or not, and that was the okay. object that had been possessed. Apparently, some bus boy or something had. Um, passed away, he fell through the laundry chute and, and perished and landed on one of those uh, moving carts. And then that caused the cart to be possessed. And so that's where that inspiration came from. And, you know, Hollywood needed to jazz it up. They needed to add some sort of a green monster to it, which is just frankly ridiculous in my mind. But, you know, you got to, like I said, you have to simplify it for people. You have to make it easy for people right. to otherwise digest. It's, yeah, otherwise it, it turns into Jerry Lewis. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's nothing really uh, sexy about a, a cart, I guess. No, it's yeah, a very a simple boy falling down a chute. Yeah, it just has Jerry Lewis uh, written all over, it. and that yeah, and Ghostbusters. And Ironically, Jerry, um, the bus boy that fell yeah. through the chute did look exactly like Jerry Lewis. He had the teeth, and the, you know the the nutty professor. So then they didn't want that comparison in the Ghostbusters movie because oh. then you wouldn't yeah. take it seriously. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Andre one more reason. Yeah, kind of mm -hmm. comical. Yeah. So yeah, frankly, I'm. 
Yeah, I'm pleased that that connection wasn't made. Um, but that's a personal preference when it comes to um, movies. I prefer uh, the Ghostbuster variety over a, a Jerry Lewis per yeah. se. Sure, I think I think yeah. a lot of people do. We see a lot of hotels in movies that um, are haunted or possessed. You know, obviously, The Shining. That's a big one. Uh, there was one in uh, there was a John Cusack movie where he was in a a haunted hotel or a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are always fascinating to me. Um, you know, we're talking about just the, the power of the mind and the power of, of people. And I think maybe and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know, I just I, I speculate wildly sometimes that because hotels have so many people that pass through them. You have so many opportunities for those different energies and, and different intents uh, behind uh, people, you know, wanting to inhabit different things and, and people using the same objects over and over again, there might be some remnants of their energy left behind. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about hotels is a lot of the people that pass through are prostitutes or very rich businessmen and they're already dead inside to a point. So things really can't latch onto them as as much sure. as they would as, you know, a, a kind family from the Midwest. You know, they're they're more wholesome. <laughs> they haven't experienced tragedy uh, to the level right. that certain people have. So it's a little bit easier of a, a soul to kind of interact with and, you know, latch on to and, you know, go from th- object to object with them in, in their lives, um, you know, kind of terrorizing them in different ways. So it's it's not always what you think. And it's it's sometimes it's not the the amount of people. It's the type of people that come through. Yeah. Yeah. And that also, um, you know, when you mentioned the cart and the hotels, I also wonder about the age of objects, if that how much that matters. Right. Because we always hear about, you know, a spooky old fill in the blank, a spooky old book, a spooky old quill, a spooky, you know, um, we don't often hear about, oh, this cell phone, a spooky cell phone or a computer. Have you encountered any cases of a modern object or a fairly modern object that's cursed? You know, it, it, it takes about 10 to 20 years. We're starting to see, you know, cellular oh, telephones God. from, you know, car phones from the early 90s, you know, having possession issues or razor telephone, you know, the, the hip razor telephone from the 2004 era is now reaching the the um, progression. Yeah. Yeah. The original Moto Razor. And they actually just introduced in the past year to a, a new Moto Razor, which is interesting. I wonder if that gives it any extra energy or juice. Some of these original. I think objects. so. Yeah. You look at I mean, even the Annabelle doll is that was the second that was the first generation. And then there was a second generation that came out. And then suddenly the children wanted the next new greatest thing. So I think there's a little bit of jealousy and animosity that comes with that, too, from yeah, these inanimate I mean, objects. Yeah. That doll was a Raggedy Ann doll. I mean, those sure. dolls are different around forever it wasn't like some random doll that your grandma made you it was like this is a mass-produced doll that everyone wants and then if there's a new model that comes out that's maybe fully articulated or something you're not gonna want that one anymore yeah i mean just wait for the original ipod classics the gumdrop imax you know the dell computers it's it's coming there is a war a brewing right now and uh you're gonna hear a lot about that in the next couple of years so in one way, it's almost a boon for consumerism in that uh, we should be, uh, you know, getting rid of and replacing items that are, you know, kind of near that 15 year mark or whatever it may be. We should, you know, if we want to stay free of cursed uh, or cursed objects, it might be smart to, you know, throw away anything that's over 10 years old and just buy buy more, just buy more stuff. I literally just sold a car today and it was 11 mm-hmm. years old and I was Ooh. like good riddance you know because this is your problem now uh it is just a matter of time before that thing starts driving itself well you get rid of old stuff you feel relieved you know no one ever felt good hanging on to something old yeah yeah, i feel a little bit bad the lady who i sold it to was very nice and very sweet and paid cash for it but um luckily i gave a false phone number and it was fine it's new to her you know it was one man's trash is another man's treasure it's very true it's it's new to her so you know it could have a a brand new life there um 
you know, I, I happen to think about the idea of replacing old technology with new technology and that there might be some animosity between objects, you know, if, if a new object is more coveted, which is a sin, uh, by the way, but if a new object is coveted over something else, uh, that old object might... Um, maybe have a little bit of a grudge case in point uh, i believe i had a haunted printer once mm. it was right when uh um the inkjet printers came out i remember we had those old like matrix printers with the perforated paper and you could you could pull the um the edges off and everything and we switched and over make a, a slinky yeah, out, yeah. Of the, well, yeah. out of the dot matrix uh, dot matrix printer paper yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, in the carbon, sometimes carbon triplicate. Anyway, uh, we got a uh, a new inkjet one, and uh, right before we got the new one, the old one started having a mind of its own, and it kept printing uh, the name Deborah over and over on its own. It would just start in the middle of the night. It would print Deborah over and over and over and over, and we'd wake up, and there would just be you know, a scroll because it wasn't individual pages. It was like a scroll of pages coming out that just said Deborah yeah, in all caps. Well, it's fascinating. Yeah, all those pages you, were you say that actually because the the there is a famous story of a woman named Deborah who the house burnt down except the only thing left was her printer. And, you know, this, the, the tabloids all said that had something to do. It had to be the printer. Like, this is a plastic printer. Why didn't it burn down? Um, but, you know, people dismissed it. And you hear stories about that quite often. So it's, it's not uncommon. Okay, good. I feel very validated at this point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I just never connect. I never thought about that sort of thing. And, you know, I don't like to necessarily talk about my personal life too much on the show. But I mean, I, I've uh, been into, you know, cell phones since, uh, you know, the, the, the bag phones and the car phones, as I mentioned earlier. And I, you know, one of my older phones that I kept because, it, you know, you just want to have a spare, it, you know, it would, it would ring in the middle of the night, even though, you know, I hadn't been using this thing for five or 10 years and the battery's dead. And I just figured it was just got a jolt of juice or something and just kind of popped up, you know, just a, you know, just a weird glitch. But now I'm wondering maybe glitches are, you know, maybe I should have, maybe I should take a look at that when I get a chance. It could be a cursed cell phone because it's, it's hitting that uh, kind of age and it's, you know, printers and now I'm, I'm a little more concerned than I was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same as deja vu. We don't know exactly what is causing it. We think it's, you know, it's the brain quickly resetting, making it feel like we've lived this moment over before, or it's the matrix. We're not sure. We're just, we're in between, and that's where we're at with these uh, haunted objects. It's still just a learning lesson for all of us, and we're we're curious about them, and that's what keeps us doing the research. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look more, because I mean, if it were a glitch, I shouldn't hear heavy breathing, you know, when I pick it up yeah. and, and answer it, like, I, especially it, if you're the only one in the room, yes. Yeah, it just should, it, now it's starting to make a little less sense as a glitch, you know, a cell phone that hasn't been charged for, for 10 years, and there's heavy breathing, and, you know, the, saying my name and whispers on the other end, like, it, yeah, it's starting to sound more weird now that I think about it's it, ghost phone. whereas before, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Hauntings in the digital age. Hold on to those rights because, you know, Hollywood's going to want to make that film for the tweens and in-betweens there. It'll be retro for them, so. True. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, Especially, yeah, a phone where you, yeah, you have to to text it's T9, you know, press buttons multiple times to text. Yeah, and that's how they, um, I can see it now. That's how they get murdered, how the first one gets murdered because they can't figure out how to text their friend. Hey, I'm locked in the closet. Yeah, help takes a while in T9. Exactly. Yeah, it's, oh, I, I don't miss those days. That's the log line right there. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boom, yeah. That's good. That's good. Wow. You yeah. guys can pitch this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a, a quick phone call to uh, my agent. Um, how about we take a quick break? Sounds good. We'll be right back. We're back after our final break on this week's episode of Real True Facts with Miles Smartman here talking about cursed objects. Um, We're on the last leg. And uh, before we uh, close the science bunker, uh, Dr. Seymour is uh, still with us, I believe. Um, Dr. Seymour, we've kind of touched on a lot of different things this week. Any uh, words of uh, scientific advice for folks out there to to leave us with this week? Um. Linda kind of touched on it earlier, and I wasn't sure if we would ever kind of 
get around to this, she did talk about, you know, coveting the newer objects. Um, mm. And I do think it's important if we go back to, um, I mean, there's a lot of different belief systems. And as we've said, there's the overlap between belief in paranormal, the scientific community, religions. Um, but, but it is important to remember that maybe to, to many of our listeners, the first of the cursed objects was um, maybe the apple given by the serpent. Um, wow. So, that's deep. Even that's deep. But, yeah, such a good point. So to, to, to just be aware that maybe it's your own choices or your own decisions or a, um, an option you're presented with yourself. I don't know. Um, but the thing I'm happy about is that we, we have good teams of researchers um, who, who are able to um, sacrifice their, their own personal relationships, as uh, Mr. Smartman has, to, to delve deeper into this because it, we're not going to figure it out on our own. Wow. We always, we always go to Dr. Seymour for the, the hard science facts, but this week he's really dropping the philosophy yeah. on us. I have to say, Linda, this is, I got some goosebumps. I know. I just like, I'm feeling it big time. So thank you this uh, thank you this week, uh, Doctor yeah. Seymour, for coming on, and thank you for having me. I'll uh, I look forward to being back with you soon. Yeah, working on that peanut butter. Uh, we'll close up the science bunker with Doctor Seymour. Always good to have him back with us, uh, Miles. So we're gonna wrap up here with you, but um, we wanted to see if you had any final thoughts for us, and then uh, Gene will ask our uh, our final question of the day. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, just just keep searching. Uh, I coined a phrase in the early 90s that was stolen from me from a very popular television show, but the truth is out there. And I'm um, still waiting on the royalties on that, but that, that kind of keeps mm -hmm. me going. The, sure. the truth is out there, and no matter how you're feeling or what your opinion is on all of this, there is there's something to be learned for all of us. Wow. So, yeah, I hope Linda was referring to this, but it's the question that's always on my mind when we have a guest is if we encounter possibly a cursed, what may be a cursed object or who knows, maybe a lucky object. But in this case, cursed object, is there anything we should do to defend ourselves or anything we should keep in mind? You know, we use a bear as an example. Uh, you know, if you encounter a bear, you stop, drop and roll, make yourself big, loud noises. In your, you know, opinion, if we encounter a cursed object, what uh, what do you recommend? Um, honestly, I would just get out of the situation as quickly and efficiently as possible. You use the okay. illustration of a bear. This could sometimes be like being around a thousand bears, and I uh, wouldn't recommend uh, being in that situation. I wouldn't even put my my greatest enemy in any of those situations. So this is a very right. uh, we're talking about this lightly, but it's a very serious situation. So do get yourself to safety as efficiently as possible. Right. Yeah, it does become light because I, I think Linda, it, it's a fun jab at me because it's the, the question that always comes to my it's an mind is, is it's this weird personal safety. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, I just imagine a poster on, on the wall like, you know, what should you do if you encounter a cursed object? So in this case, it's get out of the situation as quickly and efficiently as possible because it's equivalent to being uh, surrounded or uh, being around a thousand, a thousand bears, bears mm -hmm. yeah. it's all fun wow. and games until somebody gets murdered so yeah, yeah. all fun and games until it's a thousand bears exactly. folks. Yeah, yeah. that's that's, the, that's much more than one or even a hundred that's a lot of uh, bears uh, so uh, but so. we want to thank you uh mr smartman because we know that you are putting yourself in harm's way and, and really going against your own advice by continuing to study these objects and to even have one of these objects in your possession. Um, so we are eternally grateful for the work that you are doing and uh, having you on the show to talk about your experiences and to inform our listeners. Oh, great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yes, thank you very much. So we have some mail today. All right, Linda, what do we have? Let's go into that. Great show today. Open up our, our mailbag. Let's open up the mailbag. Um, so this comes from Rod Tubes. Uh, his name is Rod. 
He oh, says, uh, I'm assuming it's a he. I could be wrong, but you never know. Uh, he says, longtime listener, first time emailer. With the government sure. now admitting that UFOs exist and they've recorded them on video and they're most likely not of this world. Do you think they're prepping us for a first contact or have they already made contact and are slowly introducing us to the idea of it before they expose it to us? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you like, I can feel yeah, that. Feel that uh, one. He's got a couple other um, questions too, but start with that one. Oh yeah. We have made contact. So you're correct in your, in the latter in saying that uh, we've already made contact, but they're kind of, they're prepping us. We mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, I believe, but they're kind of, um, you know, uh, dribbling out information. Uh, so it's more uh, digestible, you know, they're just kind of slowly, um, easing, easing it out. So that's the answer to that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're, we already have, and they're just prepping Definitely. us. Uh, he goes on to say that he enjoyed the doppelganger episode and he wanted to know, okay. uh, is Avril Lavigne actually just a doppelganger of herself now? It's thought the real Avril disappeared some time ago and is replaced by her doppelganger. Uh, wow. He also says, do you think he's got a lot of questions? He said longtime listener, so he's, he's had some time. Uh, Sounds like, yeah. yeah he's going to have some time to come up with some stuff. Uh, he says, uh, do you think it's possible Bigfoot is just blurry in real life? Uh, and he says, also, you should do a show on the Mandela effect. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a, there's a lot Sounds there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're actually going to touch on some of these questions um, in an upcoming episode yeah. and some follow-ups. Yes. But um, I am not familiar with the Mandela effect. Are you? Uh, yes. Um, what is that? It is. Uh, it's like the the butterfly effect, like the movie The Butterfly Effect. So if you make one small change in the past, yeah, then... you make one small change. Or it's like the collective memory. Like, I think it comes from um, Nelson Mandela was in prison and then he was freed. And people, some people thought he passed away in prison. Uh, so they were shocked when he was freed. Uh, there was also, so they have this idea where it's like the collective memory of people. Oh, it's the collective memory effect. Okay, so where pe like the Berenstein Bears. Yes, the Berenstein and, or Berenstein Bears. Uh, and okay, then, yeah, where people say, no, that didn't and exist. Then, then and, the, that, uh, um, yeah, okay. and then if Sinbad, yeah did a movie where he was a genie that was Shazam or Kazam mm, versus versus Shaq's yeah, Kazam versus that one like right. people have that memory mm -hmm. of Sinbad being a genie and something I actually have that memory I remember watching Sinbad well, be a genie in a movie well I don't know I mean his clothing was very genie like just in his stand-up you yeah. know so I can see some 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 collective memory disputes if you will yeah. and and Shaq I mean is doing some great stuff now with pizza so there's there's just a lot to unpack here we'll have to make notes yeah. this is this is a lot of great questions, yeah, great questions. And hopefully we'll address address some of the more of them in the future but if we don't send us another email right we have uh, an email address correct we do a brand new email address it's mail at real um and you can see or i guess listen to all of our shows at our new website should link right to our podbean which is real you'll be able to hear everything there uh, you can also follow us on instagram at real true facts gram mm -hmm. there's lots of info uh, about things behind the show uh, more info on our guests and uh, sometimes we pose questions to our followers as well. Um, I think the, uh, the latest question we posed was, would you kill your doppelganger? Um, and we, oh. we can talk all about that. We have a, a follow-up episode coming up shortly, and uh, we'll answer some questions about doppelgangers, maybe deal with the Avril Lavigne thing. Um, and uh, I'd like to put something out to our, yeah. our listeners. If there is a, a platform that you listen to podcasts on that we are not in, I want you to let us know because that's one thing I think we do really well is we're on just about every yeah. platform that exists. Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Spotify even YouTube. Yeah. Um, so let us know if you're like, hey, I use blank. I, I'm curious. I, I want to know because now you don't. All you have to remember is realtruefactspodcast.com. 
email can go there and uh, that'll take you to the Podbean. But that's my question for you guys. Yeah. Is there um, any sort of outlet you use that uh, we aren't on? Because I'd like to be surprised. Yeah, I'll take know. it as a challenge. Yeah, I mean, our listeners are from all over the world and we certainly appreciate that. So if there's uh, an easier way for you to listen to us, um in that way yeah definitely let us know but you can send us emails you can send us uh dms on instagram we uh we live in bunkers but we're actually very easy to get a hold of sure slide in. yeah yeah but uh but yeah that's the those are our questions for today so thank you uh rod for writing in and uh, asking us questions uh listeners you can always do that too and uh, if we like your stuff you might get featured on the show yeah yeah just like that and you might give us great ideas for another episode like the you know that mandela yeah, effect. I talk I like more that. About sinbad. yeah I, we could or that we could do a full episode on sinbad yeah yeah, or Sinbad versus Jack. I kind of like that vibe. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's definitely do that. Uh, so I think that is it for us today. Uh, I want to thank our special guest, Miles Smartman, for coming on. Also, uh, a really lovely episode with Dr. Seymour. He was able to join us for the whole thing, which is wonderful. And uh, thank you, Gene. And thank you to all of our listeners. We really can't do it without you. If you love what you hear, follow us. Tell your friends. Helps us do our job better and bring you all the best real true facts out there. And... Uh, you know what I always say? Keep questioning your world because just because you read about it or hear about it doesn't mean it's true. We will see you next time on another episode of Real True Facts. <laughs>